Welcome to the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Thank you so much for being a part of the Cannabis 101 podcast, episode seven. It's not just about getting high. It's about getting healthy. And uh, thank you so much to that wonderful introduction from Christine Bandalo, uh, the voice of the Cannabis 101 podcast. Uh, along with her husband, Kevin Dabbs, they are the voices of all of my shows at Podcast Alley. And if you're interested in uh, finding out more podcasts and uh, listening to some more good entertainment, you can check out deanmillard.ca, everything there under Podcast Alley. We have a fun show for you today. We're going to speak with Brad Ward. He is the organizer of an event called Meat and Green. If you have uh, an interest in cannabis and you are in uh, the business sector, this is something for you. It's going to be held at the Pint in downtown Edmonton, July 16th. And we're going to get all the details from Brad about a really fun event I'm going to be attending. I'm looking forward to it. It is a uh, wonderful networking event. For people that have a common interest in cannabis, you don't have to be in the cannabis industry. You just have to have an interest in cannabis and you can find out more information. We'll bring you all that details as we roll along. Pretty excited about today's What's That Strain with Chris Ionson, our educator. We're doing LBS and most people know that as Leafs by Snoop, Ocean View and Sunset are the two strains we will be diving into today, and uh, I'm looking forward to this. I've been looking forward to trying uh, some uh, Leaf Spice Snoop. I've had to hold off going out and trying so many new strains uh, because I want to save them for this show and get a, a, a genuine a reaction. This week in Cannabis News, David Wiley from OkanaganZ.com slash OZ. He is going to join us. And we're going to talk some really good news for a Saskatchewan family, thanks to the cannabis plant and other big stories in the cannabis world. And don't forget, the Cannabis Character Cup is ongoing. And we've had a lot of fun with the Cannabis Character Cup so far. Uh, we have had some actual celebrity endorsements for the Cannabis Character Cup. But let me run through the matchups so far and tell you what is happening. Uh, first of all, uh, Tommy Chong, as the man in Up in Smoke, uh, took on Brian Griffin uh, from Family Guy in the very first matchup. And it wasn't very close, as you would expect. Uh, Tommy Chong is an absolute legend in the cannabis world. Uh, I grew up uh, certainly uh, watching all of his wonderful movies, along with uh, Cheech Marin. So that's not a big surprise that he would win the first matchup. So that was a, an 83% to 17% win. The next matchup was much closer. Brian Johnson, played by Anthony Michael Hall in The Breakfast Club, took on Dewey Cox, from uh, played by John C. Riley uh, from Walk Hard. And it was a 53-47 matchup uh, win, rather, for Brian Johnson. So The Breakfast Club boy moves on. He'll take on Tommy Chung in round two. The next matchup, 
Another close one, Lance, uh, Jack Black from Orange County against Doug Wilson, a really funny character played by Kevin Nealon from the TV show Weeds. I loved Doug Wilson in Weeds. Uh, unfortunately, he couldn't get it done. He loses 54-46 to Jack Black. So Jack Black would move on. And then we had some real fun. Uh, the fourth matchup, Melanie Ralston, played by Bridget Fonda in Jackie Brown, up against Mac Womack, Trooper Womack from Super Troopers, uh, played by Steve Lemmy, which is an awesome, awesome movie. Uh, so this is where it got really interesting because, you know, for fun, I included the uh, Twitter handles of some of the actors that played these characters. And Steve replied, and he replied and said, what's going on? Only two votes and it's 50-50. Well, the Super Trooper fans came through because he dominated that matchup with Bridget, Rol- Bridget Fonda. 94% to 6%. And there was over 700 votes in that matchup. So big thanks to Steve. And I uh, would love to have any of these guys, uh, but in particular Steve, on the program to talk cannabis at some point. So that was kind of fun. And matchup number five was also interesting. It had Eric Foreman, Topher Grace from that 70s show. I absolutely loved that TV show. It was must-watch TV for me uh, when I was younger. Up against an absolute cannabis legend in uh, Dave Waterson, Matthew McConaughey, dazed and confused. And I love this. Topher Grace, I included him uh, in his Twitter handle. He actually replied, and his reply was like, man, there is no way. Uh, it's it's clearly Wooderson all the way. Basically, he was saying, vote for David Wooderson. He is clearly the winner. And the Foreman fans came out. Topher Grace fans came out in support, and he upsets David Wooderson 57%, 43%. The first big upset in the matchup. Uh, David Wooderson was an eight seed. Eric Foreman, a 57 seed. So uh, the first top 10 seed goes crashing down as uh, David Wooderson no longer. L I V I N. At least for this tournament, anyway. Uh, the uh, character is knocked out. So that was our first real upset of the tournament and we'll see if uh the eric foreman fans can keep coming out for toe for grace uh, so uh, round two has uh, tommy chong as the man in up and smoke up against brian johnson anthony michael hall from the breakfast club lance jack black from orange county up against mac womack uh, steve lemmy from super troopers and we'll see if the uh, trooper fans come out again and um, there is another matchup uh, that has Hank Moody, David Duchovny, up against uh, Floyd, who was played by uh, Brad Pitt in True Romance. Uh, now, unfortunately, I have to had to record this podcast on uh, Tuesday, the day before it came out, due to some travel situations. So, at last report, it was fifty-two percent Floyd for Brad Pitt over uh, Hank Moody, forty-eight percent, and. Man, if you've ever watched Californication, played by David Duchovny, he is like the ultimate party guy. Like he, you know, he's has massive amounts of uh, sex with different people, but he just parties all like he's rarely sober and uh, smokes a lot of weed. So 
Uh, the Cannabis Character Cup is just a, a lot of fun. Uh, this is what Topher Grace tweeted, actually. Oh, give me a break. It's Wooderson by a mile. Uh, but that led to all the uh, Topher Grace fans to jump on board and get him the victory. So uh, some upcoming matchups for the Cannabis Character Cup. Uh, Wednesday, uh, which is when this uh, podcast uh, will come out, Carl Spackler, the nine seed, up against Thorny from Super Troopers. So another Super Troopers matchup. So Bill Murray, of course, uh, as Carl Spackler in Caddyshack. Uh, he's got some really great, and we featured him a couple of weeks ago as our cannabis character, some classic one-liners that you can play 18 and go home and smoke the bejesus out of it as he uh, grew his own grass. And then uh, uh, from Super Trooper fame, uh, once again, it's uh, Akrot Thorny Ramathorn, um, obviously played uh, by Jay uh, Chandrasekhar. And I apologize if I butchered that name, Jay. Uh, but Super Troopers is one of the best movies out there. So that's a matchup coming up. Um, John Bennett, Mark Wahlberg, and Ted up against Annie Hall. Diane Keaton and Annie Hall, who was a big uh, lover of uh, the marijuana. And then our final top four seed will get underway in a couple of days. Jeff Spicoli is the number four seed of this tournament, uh, Sean Penn from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And uh, he's taking on a, a bit of a Canadian legend, Julian, uh, played by Jean-Paul Tremblay from Trailer Park Boys. So a tough matchup for one of the Trailer Park Boys. Uh, if you want to see the full bracket, just head to uh, the cannabis101podcast.ca and click on the contest section. You can scroll down and you can see uh, you can click on the actual tournament and uh, see the results and everything else going on for the Cannabis Character Cup uh, that we have going right now. So Cannabis101podcast.ca and click on contest to get all of that details, all those de- all those details rather uh, that you need. So we're having some fun with this and I'm loving that uh, we are getting some uh, people uh, responding that are actually in the tournament. So uh, it's been a lot of fun, and uh, we'll keep going until we have a winner. And speaking of winners, uh, we have an announcement to make. Uh, the winner of the prism from Burnt Designs is going to at Clara Lee's dad. Congratulations. I did a, uh, and thanks to uh, Nora Salem from Bud and Bloom, here in Edmonton, we gave away a can of floral arrangement that she put together for our listeners, and uh, that was uh, Kathy Fabrice that uh, won that one, so congratulations to her, but uh, she actually did a video online and uh, of how to choose the names with this uh, wheel from this website, so thanks to the tip-off from her. That's how we did it. If you want to check it out, head to the Cannabis 101 on Twitter, at the Cannabis 101 and you can see the video that we put together. So congratulations to at Clara Lee's dad. You can uh, see how it went down and we will be getting in touch with you uh, to get you your uh, Burnt Designs prism. And obviously big thanks to Darcy and Simon for coming to in-studio last week with us and uh, making available the prism for everybody. Uh, If you missed that interview, you should check it out and hear what they have coming out for season two of legalization, uh, that would be edibles, concentrates, 
and uh, drinks, etc. And they have a very cool vaporizer coming out for season two, Burnt Designs. I had just got made a shipment uh, last week as well. Picked up a red prism pipe uh, and picked up a beautiful uh, walnut tray and uh, a few other trinkets as well. The brick, uh, the Malua. So really excited and loving my uh, products from Burnt. So uh, ch- all you had to do was uh, check out at Cannabis 101 and at Burt Designs. Follow us on Twitter and you were in the mix. So congratulations to Clara Lee's dad on Twitter. Uh, so as mentioned, the Twitter account at the Cannabis 101. We're on Instagram at the Cannabis 101 podcast. On Facebook at Cannabis 101 podcast. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, if you think you would make a good guest or if you want to participate in some way, you could email us cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. That is cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. And the website, once again, is cannabis101podcast.ca. And if you could do me a favor, uh, right now, uh, or when you have a moment, uh, certainly not if you're driving, go to Twitter, shout me, uh, shoot me a tweet at the cannabis 101 and uh, tell me where in this wonderful world you are listening. This is the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. All right, great stuff from uh, Christine Bandalo, once again, the voice of the Cannabis 101 podcast. And we are going to kick things off now with our cannabis question, uh, something we uh, throw out on social media and ask people to respond to, and um, I will give you my response. And um, we're getting some good responses in um, after the show, so I'd love to get some uh, during the show, uh, during the production of the show as well that we can get on the air. But our cannabis question today is, what was your first dance with Mary Jane like? Your first experience with cannabis, what was it like? Uh, Lee on Twitter has a kind of a a interesting story. He says, it was my 12th birthday in 1986. It was a ton of fun. Buddy Steve had a little gange, a couple of gal pals popped over, blazed and played spin the bottle got laid i was probably too nervous about the girls being there that i didn't even really think about the fact that i was smoking pot uh well that's uh that's awfully young but an interesting story so uh obviously a good one uh for that experience my first time with cannabis was in comox bc uh, the summer of 1990 i was 15 years old I was with an older friend, uh, his buddies, and uh, their girlfriends. And we were cliff diving off a small porch of rocks into a beautiful pool, uh, doing some body surfing down the stream as well. Um, the weed experience, it was great. Um, you know, like the, the, well, the first part, I guess. Um, we did use a beer can pipe, which is not something I would ever recommend, but this was 1990 and a lot of people didn't know better. 
anyway, the uh, the experience of uh, you know cliff diving, and it wasn't a big cliff uh, by any means, um, it, but the experience of you know jumping off of that into a poo- beautiful pool of water, and um, yeah, I was uh, I was euphoric. I was having a lot of fun uh, until <laughs> the guys. Uh, house or land that we were on uh, showed up and he was not happy and we didn't waste any time having a uh, conversation. We were being chased by this guy and he had a gun, um, some kind of hunting rifle or something like that. So uh, we were like, okay, let's get the hell out of here. So that wasn't great. I lost a sandal on the way and I was like, do I go back and get the sandal? Do I risk getting possibly shot over a sandal? No, keep going. So, and I was, you know, one sandal on, one barefoot running through this kind of forest area. And I was high for the first time. So that was pretty freaking scary for sure. Definitely did not enjoy that portion. Uh, There was probably some paranoia going on. Um, And, uh, you know, I I don't even know how long this guy chased us for. He might not even have chased us for all that long, but I, I was doing like, uh, the, the, my best, uh, Donovan Bailey impression before, uh, Donovan Bailey burst onto the scene. Um, so that wasn't, it was an okay experience for a while, but, uh, something awful happening. Uh, you, nobody's going to enjoy that experience. And, and the, the marijuana caused probably a little bit of paranoia. The first real summer, uh, of weed for me was 1994. I had moved to Calgary, uh, lived with some buddies, and that's when I remember getting really high. Like, that's when I really remember experiencing uh, THC and uh, the marijuana plant for the first time. You know, when I when I was 15, I was probably more drunk than than high, which is not a good mix either. So uh, that the, this summer of 1994 was, it was when I really kind of experienced it. Uh, I learned some new smoking techniques. We had a friend, um, uh, we called them uh, shoehorn. That was the nickname. And it was kind of like the summer of shoehorn. Uh, that's what kind of I remember because there was these new techniques uh, that we were introduced into, like these water bongs and pipes and different things because all we had known was joints and new marijuana. Uh, I was out in uh, Calgary and there was an abundance of it in that uh, time. I worked at a beer store and they would get high after the shift all the time. So I would just uh, join in. So uh, ended up leaving my car at work uh, quite a few times uh, in that uh, short stint. So my first time in 1990, uh, the first real experience of enjoying it was uh, the uh, summer of shoehorn in 1994. is the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. All right, before we get to our first guest of the program, that will be Brad Ward of the Meat and Green event happening July 16th at the Pint downtown are what goes well with uh, anything that pairs well with cannabis. And uh, by the way, we are looking at uh, trying to bring some uh, chefs on the program to talk about cooking with cannabis. I think that's a a very 
uh, important thing that people can be doing right now. You can buy your product, uh, take it home, um, create uh, butter or oil or something to cook with it and uh, make some products at home. So we are looking at uh, chefs. Uh, if you are a chef and you're interested in uh, coming on the show and you're in the Edmonton, Alberta area, you can drop us a line at cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. That's cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. So my what goes well with cannabis is going to be a really obvious one on this uh, week's show. It's concerts, and uh, particularly outdoor concerts. But if you are indoors, um, vaporizers are coming on the market in uh, season two, and you'll be able to get uh, little pens and concentrates that uh, you know are concealable uh, that uh, you may be able to use where people... Uh, don't know. Uh, it's really hard to go into a concert nowadays and light up a joint uh, because uh, there's obviously no smoking for a long time. Uh, vapes might be a little bit different and maybe we'll be seeing uh, vape cafes pop up at some point uh, in the next little while. Probably a few years away, but we'll see. But going to a concert, uh, maybe you make some edibles and you bring those in uh, as candies or something like that. Uh, but obviously, uh, depending on the music, um, you could uh, taper different strains for it. Um, I last time went to Paul McCartney, and it was awesome. Uh, you know, listening to the member of the Beatles uh, while being high was uh, just rid- ridiculously awesome. I just, uh, you know, it, may, it takes me back to my younger years where we used to sit in the middle of a room in a rented house in Winnipeg, Manitoba, and listen to Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. And hear all the different sounds of the of the uh, album with uh, animals and different instruments, and um, you know music. Your your mind opens up so much more with cannabis use and um, being live uh, for a concert and not just listening at home is something amazing. It's uplifting and uh, particularly outdoor shows. I love outdoor festivals, and uh, if, it, if the rain ever stops in my area. I'll be definitely enjoying a lot more uh, outdoor events this summer. So that was what goes well with anything that pairs well with cannabis. And uh, today it was concerts. This is the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. We are joined in studio on this day by Brad Ward, the organizer of Meat and Green, an event that we told you about last week, July 16th at the Pint, 6 p.m. And Brad, thanks very much for joining us here on this show. Uh, First of all, I guess just to give us an overview uh, for people that want to know about uh, Meat and Green. Is it for them? What it's all about? Tell us what uh, Meat and Green will be like on July 16th. Yeah, uh, thank you very much for having me. So Meat and Green is the first cannabis networking event for anyone of and who's from any background in uh, business or as a professional, whether you're a banker, a realtor, or you uh, maybe are insurance like I am, uh, you just want to get away from the networking events where they're serving wine and beer and maybe meet a professional that you want to smoke a joint with outside. 
So the event on July 16th is really up in the air. We don't know what to expect because it's never been done before. The response has been very positive online. So we do think that there's going to be a good turnout. Uh, but to be honest, we really can't. That's the great thing about cannabis is you really don't know what to expect sometimes. Well, it, because it's brand new, uh, it, it's amazing to see this entire industry born before our eyes. Uh, you know, the last time we would have saw this was alcohol prohibition. So yeah. uh, we're we're kind of really lucky to be living in this age, I think, as adults. Um, you know, and for kids growing up, they're not going to grow up with the stigma yeah. of cannabis being a brown bag yeah. thing you buy in the back alley. Uh, so let's be clear. Uh, this is not event at the pint to come and uh, smoke a joint at inside. Uh, that is obviously not allowed, but the pint has been excellent uh, in allowing you to host this and uh, you have a conversation and maybe that leads to going out and smoking a joint. Yeah, or if you want to smoke a little before you come in, by totally. all means. Uh, so we do have to respect the current Edmonton bylaws, uh, which the pint has fortunately has a great space right behind the restaurant where there's plenty of room to smoke as much as you want. Um, so yeah, you can't smoke indoors. I don't think there's a workaround on that and I don't think there ever will be. I agree. That's the future for us. Um, maybe that, vaping, maybe vaping cafes. That could be yeah, a possibility. That, that could be, uh, we've or got a cannabis lot. cafes where you can eat, eat and edibles. drink and things like that. I think Those so, yeah. I think will, will be available. I think we'll see that, but you know, we were just talking before the show started about some of the rules and laws about cannabis and they're so strict. I think it could be five, 10 years mm -hmm. before we see anything like that. And, and really meet and green is about bringing people together. Now, you know, do we really want to wait for the cafes that show up in five to 10 years if they show up or do we want to create uh, a community with the resources that we have available now? So that's July 16th at the Pint. Uh, you also are exploring um, smaller events, private events, uh, and you have one coming up as well. So people can get of, uh, your information. We'll give out, uh, you, well, actually, uh, uh, you can email you at uh, brad at meetandgreen.org. Uh, you also have the Meet and Green uh, Facebook page. Um, but tell me about these private smaller events and is that, are they almost like test balloons? Yeah. So I am really fascinated with startup culture and the idea of building new, uh, platforms. And so these are what, you know, in the tech industry called minimum viable products. So, you know, do they work instead of spending $50,000 building a website that tries to bring people together? You have to ask, is there any interest in this whatsoever? You know, if we build it, will the users come? Uh, so with the private events is, can we bring people together in strangers' homes and will they respect the rules of the, the, hosts? Um, will they be civil to one another? Will they drive home and cause any incidents? So it's kind of really about collecting data. And more importantly is, can we get strangers together uh, who connect? Uh, I think that that's, you know, with social media, with Facebook, where everyone has 500 friends or thousands of friends on Instagram, people feel isolated and lonely. And so, you know, 
if those are our quote unquote friends, can we get the community we seek from strangers that we are consuming cannabis with? The answer will come in the next few months because I don't have that answer yet. So have you done, uh, have you had a private event yet? I, I actually did. I, I had joined a networking group in Edmonton uh, called BNI. And some of the members that I met in BNI, when we were connecting, brought, you know, we had discussed cannabis. And I found there were, weren't a lot. It was but maybe 15 to 20% of the members smoked can- cannabis. And so I had suggested months and months ago, hey, let's just do something at somebody's house and we'll network around cannabis, but no alcohol. And so my wife and kids went back to Ontario uh, last month. And when they were gone, I thought, hey, I have the house to myself. This isn't going to happen again for a long time. So I had people over, uh, some of the people I didn't know, and we consumed cannabis. And the, re- the response was that it was special, that there was an emotional connection to it. And having been in, uh, in an industry that's required networking over the last 10 years, I could tell you that you know, there's a lot of networking that's superficial. You don't have deep conversations. You don't, you know, there's no sense of intimacy. And in this event, there was. So nobody just going through the motions of a typical conversation, right? You know, some of the conversations were really profound. Like some of them, uh, some of the business owners were vulnerable about their concerns about their business. And it was other people then trying to boosting them up and reassuring them. So it was, it was nothing I'd ever experienced at another networking event. Uh, others were giving tips on what they could do for advertising and marketing. Some were talking about their plans in the level of encouragement and excitement for where, what, where they were going to take their business was unreal. It was just, it was felt fantastic. It was, it felt like we, weren't really strangers. We weren't professionals in each other, but we were lifelong friends and none of us were lifelong friends. So there were six of us at that event. And on the private event on Friday, there's going to be 15. Hmm. So if we scale it up, can we have that same uh, feeling? And if there's strangers put into the mix, will that continue? So I've met a few of the people and connected with them already through social media and through Kijiji. And I'm very optimistic that we're going to have a great experience on during the private event too, uh, as well as the public event. But it's, it's one of those things that we'll know more Friday night when it ends. So just to be clear, when you talk about the businesses and uh, business owners or the networking going on, this doesn't have, you don't, it's not just cannabis related businesses. This is any, that's the beautiful thing about this. This is networking like you would do at a bar or an event or something like that, but infusing cannabis with it just to bring out some more ideas. So you don't have to be in the cannabis industry to attend this. No, most of the people won't be in the cannabis industry. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, And that's the beautiful thing about this. Yeah. One of the, one of the, Somebody who messaged me today through Instagram was, uh, she's a social worker and she wants to get into the cannabis industry. Uh, another person uh, fixes garage doors and installs garage doors. Another is a cleaning company. One's a financial advisor. Uh, another uh, sells packages for uh, debit machines and mm. the transactions that occur in store. So they're very different. But what's nice is that when you put people in a room, it's very rare for everyone to say, we all agree on this. And what's nice is we all agree that cannabis isn't 
that bad. It's not this terrible drug that's been deemed, you know, like it's been demonized over the last hundred years. Mm-hmm. Um, so immediately you feel comfortable. And, and I think that cannabis also has really social properties to it, right? When so, some of the best, I'm a big rock fan and a lot of the best albums that have ever been created were created in eras where cannabis was huge. Cannabis consumption was huge. And, you know, is, so that sense of camaraderie, did that cannabis help create that? Once again, I, I can't say for sure because I'm a data-driven person. I don't have the data yet, but my inclination is that it does and it will create new and exciting experiences. Well, the data I have is that there are certain strains that I used when I want to be a little bit more creative and they seem to open my mind. And, and there is... Obviously, um, you know, I remember as a young kid, uh, you know, laughing a lot and, you know, parties seem to be a lot more fun. And then uh, as an adult, uh, I've I've tapered my uh, cannabis use in whatever form I I choose to uh, to help with some some health issues. And um, I I do think there is something about, um, you know, being in a room and having one thing in common, love of cannabis, that does stimulate conversations that you might not have no. uh, over a scotch yeah, or a glass of wine. And and listen, I love I love uh, wine and then there's nothing against that, but I just think there it creates something more. Yeah, and you know, I started reading a book about Airbnb and the history of Airbnb and why people choose Airbnb, which is primarily the millennial generation. And a lot of it has to do with different experiences, right? When you can drive down the road and you see the same restaurant chains and the same menus offered uh, everywhere you go, things get pretty boring and bland. And so is is entertaining with strangers around cannabis in homes, is that, could that be a thing? Um, you know, if, if there was a verified way to do it so that you knew that if somebody came in and they caused any problems that they would be dealt with appropriately, um, I think it would be. I think that, I think the cannabis community, the, the early adopters, as you will, uh, would be the ones who, are the, are the type of people that if somebody came in and they were LGBTQ wouldn't say, Hey, get out, you're not welcome here. Or if they were Hindu or Muslim or Christian, as long as they come in with an open heart and with good vibes that they would be welcomed. I think that that's what the cannabis community has always had about acceptance, right? And especially having been uh, the black sheep over and still the black sheep really and uh and drug consumption when you you know drug being alcohol included um i think that we still have that we'll have that for a long time we'll have more of a sense of community than uh than alcohol has because the majority have already adopted it well and and it's interesting we talked earlier about uh, you know possibly cafes maybe not happening but uh, there's pop-up pot lounges in Toronto. A friend of mine was in Toronto and there was a park across the street from his hotel and there was a, a pop-up pot lounge. Everybody just showed up and uh, had some weed and things like that bring people together, uh, you know, whether it's through social media to meet in person. Yeah. And that's kind of what you're doing, kind of, um, you know, creating a more stimulating event for cannabis users. Yeah, and, and not only cannabis users, for anyone who wants a safe environment to come to, right? Like, we've all heard the stories of what ha- happens when somebody drinks too much. Uh, I mean, there's 
there's story after story you hear about in the media of people who've consumed too much alcohol and women and the dangers associated for especially women. And it's like, well, would cannabis say cannabis only in, in environments provide a safer space for them where women can go out and they can say, I don't need to worry about somebody spiking my drink. I don't need to worry about being sexually harassed. Once again, I don't have the answers to that. And I will be working hard at collecting the data, at, you know, to find out those answers. But I think that the cannabis community is they're a progressive group of people. They always have been progressive because they've been fighting against a ridiculous well, law. They had to get legal. Like, and it took years. That's, like, that's the fight, right? 100 years. 1923 is when it became illegal in Canada, right? So they've been fighting for a long time. They didn't let it go. They've been fighting and fighting as a progressive group of people, I think these are the type of people that we want to get together and start to share ideas and from different backgrounds. I mean, you're a, you have a radio announcer background and you do this podcast. Now, uh, even when you reached out to me, I didn't, you know, it took me by surprise, right? Being here now, it's like, wow, this is awesome. Mm -hmm. But that was over cannabis, right? So how many other professions, how many other industries are there? A gentleman who wants to come to the private event and is going to be running for the federal government uh, in the fall, right? So, and he reached out and I thought, wow, that takes a lot of guts, you know? And it shouldn't, it shouldn't take any guts. It should just be as accepted as alcohol is, but it does, and so we need to start getting people together and getting organized. We are speaking with Brad Warp. He is the organizer of Meet and Green. It's an event July 16th at The Pint, downtown Edmonton at 6 p.m. If you would like more information, uh, you guys have your Facebook page, Meet and Green. You can email Brad at meetandgreen.org. And uh, do you have the website going? Is that Yeah, uh, website's up and live. All right, so meetandgreen.org. Is the uh, website you can check it out and obviously get tickets. Uh, and yeah, tickets are available at Eventbrite and they're also event, uh, available at the door. Okay, perfect. So that's July 16th at the pint, uh, 6 p.m. So discuss the reaction to this uh, that, that you have received. I'd imagine uh, cannabis enthusiasts like me, when I found out about it, are pretty excited. Um, but you kind of told me an interesting situation of uh, the, the some of the business community that. Uh, kind of gave you the stink eye over it. Yeah, so I, uh, when I had started announcing it professionally as, hey, I'm doing this, uh, there was a lot of dirty looks. It was very, you could tell, uh, friends who were there could tell uh, that it was a very uncomfortable moment. You can hear a pin drop, uh, which is kind of why I did it. I thought, let's, you know, I'm all about testing. So let's test this in a room where 85% of the people don't use cannabis. How are they going to judge me? Uh, the answer was they did. <laughs> so they did judge me. That's okay. I mean, I didn't, ex you know, I, I like to think anyone who's participating is a trailblazer. Uh, so, and if you're going to be a trailblazer, you got to expect some judgment. So it's one of those things that I, I got it from them. I've gotten it from people in the cannabis community. Uh, some employees of dispensaries have been very vocal about, you know, saying that the idea of people in suits and ties uh, smoking cannabis is disgusting and really, yeah. See, yeah. And that seems to me that, and he worked for, he worked for one of the big dispensaries. That to me is uh anti cannabis, like not anti cannabis, but, um, the, the opposite of most of the ideals traditionally of cannabis, which is maybe accepting of anybody. Yeah. So that's what I, I find that really strange. It's, 
I, I wonder if that's like the uh, the, the hipster trying to uh, stand out in the crowd and uh, doesn't want uh, you know you know b- marijuana to be corporate. Uh, and he hundred percent didn't. He hundred percent hated the corporation's involvement. But worked for a corporation. He did. Yeah, he did. Well, and you know what? I, pot, if he's listening, kettle. I, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I said, you know, I gave him flyers and I said, here's my email address. I'm interested in hearing your thoughts. Uh, I said, I'm not going to stop because of your opinion, but I want to hear what you have to say. I want to hear the good and the bad about this. And it's been over a week, no email, right? Like I'm sure you had a phone on you. You could have blasted me through there, uh, but he didn't. And I think he's a cynic. Right. And I think that, you know, you're, we're, if we're a group and if we're going to build something great, we're going to come across cynics who are going to say, you can't do it. You can't do it because it's never been done. And every great movement, every great change in society has been met with cynicism. Uh, So you just ignore it. And hopefully it's, you know, and hopefully that's the the few that you've run into in the cannabis world. Uh, that has that opinion. I'm sure that's uh, a, a a very low minority. The, the, the I think about three into. or four people yeah. have been vocal. The first response I got on Kijiji was really funny. Uh, I had posted a test ad of would anybody be interested in this, and the first response was get a life. And I thought that <laughs> I thought that was funny. All right. I was like, all right, thanks for chiming said, so in. So you're not going to come, and yeah. he never responded. Yeah. So, so can we can we reserve your spot yeah. at the at the event? Uh, so this is uh, an event to socialize, uh, to network, uh, to enjoy. And uh, one of the things I liked about the first time we dis- we talked on the phone was that um, this isn't your definition of what this event should be. Whoever is attending, it should be their definition, what they want to get mm-hmm. out of it. You're not in, you're not saying come here and we're going to do this. You're just saying come here and see what happens. Yeah, I don't. I think to take ownership of this would be very selfish of me. I think yeah, it's you not know, a seminar with no, with like it's uh, not the Brad Ward like show. <laughs> it's like okay, somebody needs to build the platform, and that's what interests me is the technology part of it and making all the pieces work. But I'm producing the canvas; you paint the picture. Right. Tell me what you get out of this. Uh, the gentleman I spoke to tonight, Josh, um, he was, you know, he had said to me about he wants to his him and his girlfriend are renting out a new apartment. They're going to have an art studio in it. He goes, could I do one in my art studio? And I was like, I never considered that. Why yes. not? But if I had all the answers, then I would have said no. But that's what interests him and his girlfriend. So how could I possibly say no to things. I mean, there's certain things that, you know, the Ten Commandments are in in process right now. Rules that have to be followed to respect everyone, respect the host. Don't bring alcohol or don't drive safely. Like those are going to be rules that have to be followed. But beyond that, I want people to take it and run with it. I don't want it to be all about me. I want it to be. I want to be one part of a bigger machine. Well, maybe we'll have one here and uh, uh, do a special podcast edition that would be of the amazing. Cannabis One Hundred and One Podcast See? during um, a meet and green. Uh, that would be that would be amazing. Uh, I'm going to have to pick my strain very carefully, <laughs> so I make sense because otherwise I'll ramble on and I'll think I'm funnier than I am. Most people do. Yeah. Most people do when you uh, yeah. consume cannabis. Okay, so once again, this is July 16th at the Pint at 6 p.m. 
You can get tickets at Eventbrite. It's called Meet and Green. You can check out the Meet and Green Facebook page, meetandgreen.org, and you can just email Brad, brad at meetandgreen.org. Um, and again, there will be no smoking in the building, but um, there's nothing stopping you from me meeting somebody and uh, having a conversation uh, over a joint or a, your pipe or a vape or whatever it is out in the back alley. Share and, a brownie. Yeah, yeah. yeah just do whatever you do, want. And, do uh, you. Uh, you can uh, obviously consume before you uh, get to the event, 6 p.m. And if you want to or you're interested in some of the more private events, uh, certainly get in touch with uh brad what uh what's a kind of final message you'd maybe want to give to um you know f- uh, fans of cannabis that are listening uh that uh, maybe want to attend what, what do you want to just a uh, final parting shot for everybody you know i moved to edmonton uh in 2017 august 2017 from niagara falls ontario niagara falls is always been or has been as long as i've been alive uh, has been economically depressed. And when I came to Edmonton, people talked about the difficulties because of the oil industry and how hard it was. And I had, and I thought it was like, wow, this is a boom. This is incredible. Look at these opportunities. And time after time, people are like, no, this, is, this isn't good. You got to see the good times. And so I think, well, you know what? While we're working, while the province is working at fixing the oil industry, why don't we come together and build something that so that 10, 20 years from now, Edmonton is this focal point, is this Silicon Valley of mm-hmm. cannabis startups, right. right? Like, because I there is really no other part of Canada that's doing it. There's a ton of incredible minds in the city. I mean, most people don't know, but there's a DeepMind office. Have you, are you familiar with DeepMind? So DeepMind is owned by Google. And they are based on, they, they work on AI research, okay? AI being the future of technology, of course, yeah. right? And so when Google had the option to put an office somewhere in the world, they were looking at London, England, and they chose Edmonton, Alberta. And so I, and the University of Alberta has a phenomenal reputation for AI development. So there's incredible tech talent in the city so let's keep them here and get them building around cannabis, coming up with the ideas that are bigger than meat and green. And so that 10, 20, 30 years from now, we have options. We're not just relying on oil. We have a tech city built on a growing industry that's only going to continue to grow. We're setting the example for the world. And as more and more information is shared with other governments on the the amount of money cannabis brings in, with other governments having the deficits they do, they're going to have to get rid of the archaic laws. It's just unsustainable to fight cannabis. It's unsustainable to carry the amount of debt that other countries are carrying, like the U.S. government. They're going to look at it. So if Edmonton has this hub of technology, it will be an economic boom like oil, but it's going to be diversified. And that's what I think with Edmonton, that's what I hope gets, why Edmonton gets behind this event and solidifies it so it stays here. We may get other chapters in other cities, but that is primarily Edmonton so that the next oil bust doesn't have the negative effects that this one did. Well, and you can take uh, uh, hemp, for example, and supplement. Like John Ford built a car out of hemp one time and, really? and, and you know used it as fuel. Uh, so you can, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm a massive supporter of the oil industry, and I'm not saying let's replace no, oil, no, but diversify. You can take, yeah, you can supplement 
oil with hemp and, you know, have an, an even more sustainable uh, product. So I think that's great. I think I love the movement. I'm uh, looking forward to the 16th and uh, networking with a lot of people at the pint. Uh, awesome. Brad, thanks very much for coming out. Thanks for having me. What's happening? We'll tell you right now on This Week in Cannabis News. Another edition of This Week in Cannabis News with David Wiley of OkanaganZ.com slash OZ. You can uh, sign up for their uh, three times a week email newsletter and check out uh, some really cool stuff on the website. And uh, David, let's start with a really great story out of Saskatoon. And this is something, um, stopping seizures with CBD for eight-year-old Ben Sanderson. He had an absolute life-changing experience with CBD, didn't he? Yeah, he sure did. Hi, Dean. Hi, everybody. We've been hearing anecdotal stories about CBD and tidbits of research coming out here and there about its effectiveness, particularly against childhood seizures. And the University of Saskatchewan has done its own recent study that shows absolutely striking effects and one of the one of those kids who took part in this in this research was eight year old Ben Sanderson, who used to suffer suffer up to 150 seizures a day. As a parent, I can't even imagine going through that. And during this study, they tested out a, a medicinal CB, CBD oil had about 95% CBD and uh, other 5% THC. The seizures over time actually stopped, and. Uh, so Ben's mom, Alyssa Sanderson, she she spoke out saying that she saw the change in her son every day, and she watched his uh, his little personality come out. Because if there's one thing about being sick and and suffering on a daily basis, it just turns you into a, a bit of a mess. He, ben was lethargic; he just lay there. He wouldn't show any signs of life, and CBD oil really brought him back. So this is this is exciting research. And it, it opens up a treatment option for kids who just have failed to respond for tradition to traditional medications. And that was one of the uh, one of one of the keys to this study was that all of the kids who were involved, there were seven of them, all of the kids involved in the study just didn't respond to traditional treatment and really brought uh, a sense of hopelessness to them. So uh, amazing news out of the University of Saskatchewan. There is a wonderful documentary. It is called Weed the People, and it is a documentary about several families uh, using cannabis for their children's various illnesses. And, uh, you know, the, the at some point, the evidence and the, and the research is going to come flooding out about this. But uh, you're right. I, I love the fact that three of the seven children who were part of this study stopped having seizures altogether. And one of them... He had over, one, the child had over 1,200 in the month leading up to this study, as your article points out. And that is incredible, incredible results. We've seen desperate families here in the Okanagan as well. There's a high-profile case of a little girl named Kyla, and she lives in Summerland. She had similar issues with seizures. And her grandparents, her grandfather is actually an, a retired RCMP officer who risked his own arrest to bring CBD oil over the border from the U.S. in a last-ditch effort to help his granddaughter. These are the types of things that people who are desperate will do. And legalization coming out has given a new life to people who would really just go out of their way and, and risk life-changing consequences to ensure that 
people got medication. Yeah, and for anybody that uh, knows somebody that says, I would never give my child pot, well, um, the mo- the worst that is going to happen if you do give your child uh, a CBD oil with some THC is they're going to get a little bit sleepy. And if you read the story, uh, Ben was the exact opposite. He came alive and he wasn't dull like he was in, in previous situations. So I think uh, they're, they're definitely mm-hmm. onto something and we're going to see this uh, a whole lot more. Uh, something we don't want to see, David, is what happened with CanTrust this week. An absolute debacle. Uh, there will be a shortage of product after Health Canada comes down hard for non-compliance. Oh boy, CanTrust. Everyone's talking about CanTrust. More like can't trust. Uh, <laughs> so there, Eric Paul, the chairman of the board there, he told BNN that he just can't explain how unlicensed cannabis was grown without the company's management knowledge. He says, you know, there are people that are calling for someone's head over this, but uh, in his quote to BNN, you know, it's a typical reaction to these kinds of things, but that's not a fair or appropriate thing to do. My goodness, if people in management didn't know what's going on, that leaves it open to the conclusion that it was just some rogue employee growing thousands of kilograms of cannabis in unlicensed rooms before obtaining approvals from the regulator. So what does that mean? Does that mean that there's just so little oversight going on at CanTrust that they're able to grow 5,000 kilos of product in three months without anyone noticing that they weren't licensed? Or does it mean that people in upper management actually did know? So that's something that Health Canada is going to have to get to the bottom of. You know, there Paul here, he's saying that he doesn't plan to call for the resignation of any of the senior management. And that includes the CEO, Peter Asto. And uh, in the meantime, Health Canada has ordered the company to place 5,200 kilograms of their unlicensed cannabis on hold. So, yeah, that's resulting in a, in a bit of a supply shortage. It's, we've seen CanTrust stock just plummet. And the, the, value of amount, the value of that amount of cannabis on the wholesale market is about $70 million. Now, it'll be interesting to see what does come of this because CanTrust could actually lose its license over, over growing this amount of unlicensed cannabis. So this this is a story that we're going to have to follow because it's going to uh, it's going to roll out over the next uh, days, weeks, and months. They've also put a voluntary hold on on almost eight thousand kilograms uh, from uh, their Vaughn manufacturing facility. And the the big question I have with this, David, is who tipped off Health Canada? How did Health Canada? find out about this how did the word get out how did they discover or did they go to health canada and say sorry we screwed that's what i'm kind of interested in there's been a little bit of buzz online that it was some disgruntled employees who have raised the flag uh but you know in all honesty i don't know i don't know who does other than perhaps the senior management at can trust who don't seem to be wanting to say anything anyway as you said, more like can't trust right now. Uh, very good line. Um, <laughs> all right, so last week we talked uh, about breaking news uh, of the day, and that was Bruce Linton uh, done at Canopy Growth. Um, he's firing some shots now. He's going to be heading to the U.S. where he can work, and, and that's what I had mentioned last week, that I was hearing he would go into the U.S., and his quote was, Canada is done. Uh, he's not optimistic about Canada's future in cannabis. That's a tricky statement from Bruce. I mean, we're in an industry that's constantly evolving. And to say that anyone who enters the cannabis space right now, I believe he's referring to, to producers, uh, to say that you know they, 
they're destined to fail is that's uh, a bit of a an overstatement. I mean, we have other long-standing industries that seem to be saturated, yes. and there are other players yep. that are coming in every day. We, we've got small craft growers that are looking at getting into the industry, and similar to the craft beer, uh, the craft beer rage. So, I, I, I'm not sure that I agree with Bruce on that. What we are hearing a lot about Bruce after his departure from Canopy is uh, gratitude particularly gratitude coming out of Smith Falls, which is that small community not too far outside of Ottawa. I mean, they had their Hershey plant shut down and it felt doomed for their town. The people that are, are there now, CBC caught up with them and they had nothing but positive things to say about Bruce. They saw him around town. He was a positive force to be reckoned with and he brought a ton of business back to that little town. Um, Lately, he's been doing work for a small Canadian tech firm that he's been involved with for a while. Anyone who is watching his his little uh, tour of termination interviews with media <laughs> will have seen that he was wearing a shirt that said Martello on it. And that's a company that he's currently a co-chairman of, and that's based in Canada, Ontario. Again, another small suburb out of Ottawa. And they're just software services-based company. And the, the markets, while they're a little unclear on Canopy's future, They've actually tripled for Martello since he was wearing that shirt and since the news has come out that he's going to be a part of that company once again. Well, that will be interesting to see what uh, you know Bruce Linton continues to do, as you mentioned, on his uh, termination tour. I like that term as well. And uh, I, I think the Alberta government is is happy um, or maybe satisfied, but uh, it could be better, I guess. There has been a lot of marijuana money for the Alberta government, $30 million, in fact, in tax money from cannabis in Alberta, but they only netted a profit of just over or just under $5 million due to the cost of sales. So uh, maybe a good news story with maybe more news to come once they get their costs down. Mm-hmm. It's still a pot of gold. It is. You're right. Over, yeah. You know, there's 155 cannabis stores that are open right now. We're still fighting with the black market, and and you know the legal industry is still something that's that's growing over time. Now, Alberta is amazingly positioned when you compare it to other provinces around Canada. They've drawn on their model of privatizing booze after closing the government-run liquor stores in 1993. So they're using a, a similar model. And as, as far as revenue goes, like you mentioned, this is a bit of a drop in the bucket compared to its more traditional revenue streams. Its liquor net revenue is up $887 million. Crazy. Well, gambling brought in an insane amount, of, insane amount of money. And then you've got gambling bringing in even more, $1.3 billion. Wow. So once the chips fall, Alberta has actually been predicted to have the second largest cannabis industry in Canada far as provinces go and it's on track at the moment according to bds analytics and our market research it's a bit of a, a few months old research but still interesting nonetheless they're expected alberta is actually expected to sell nearly a billion dollars of legal weed by 2024 and that would make it only second to ontario well, that would be awesome. And, and, and we just spoke with a gentleman named Brad Ward, who is organizing an event called Meat and Green, a, a cannabis networking event in Edmonton uh, next week. And uh, his prediction was, or, or his hope is that 
kind of Edmonton or Alberta and particularly Edmonton maybe becomes the uh, the silicon version of cannabis in Canada because <laughs> we have so many stores and there is so much product that you know maybe Edmonton could carve out a home for a lot of uh, you know cannabis tech companies or something like that so uh, we're off to a good start with the amount of stores and the amount of revenue uh, generated 77 million dollars in cannabis sales uh, from October 17th until March 31st so uh, Alberta certainly is leading the way aren't we fingers crossed that BC starts to catch up yes could use more one open retail store in the Okanagan Valley no doubt uh, David as always appreciate the chat uh, people can check out more at okanaganz.com slash oz and we'll chat next week great to talk to you Dean have a good week everybody you got a joint uh no not on me man <laughs> It'd be a lot cooler if you did. Time now for Cannabis Characters. Dopest dope I've ever smoked. Celebrating the best from fictional 420 film. Hey, I am your stoner. <laughs> and beyond. Maybe go with that, man. Uh, is it heavy stuff, man? <laughs> So this week, I had to go with the giant slayer that is Eric Foreman from that 70s show. Uh, Not only a very popular TV character for eight years, starting in the late 90s, although he wasn't on the last season uh, at all, I think, until uh, the finale. Um, But also he took down the legend, David Wooderson, of Dazed and Confused in the Cannabis Character Cub. So... We have to celebrate Eric Foreman this week for the massive job the Foreman fans did in um, getting him past David Wooderson. So Eric Foreman is played by Topher Grace, who was nice enough to uh, retweet at the Cannabis uh, Character Cup. Uh, So thank you very much to Topher Grace. He was the centerpiece of that 70s show. Everything kind of revolved around, you know, they expanded to different characters uh, as the series went on. But uh, when the series started, he was the centerpiece. It was him, his parents, their house, and a lot of the best moments of that show took place in his basement. Guys, let me ask you something. Donna told me she loves me, and then I told her I love cake. (laughs) That's not bad, is it? I'm I'm still cool, right? The basement was basically their think tank, and it was where they came up with uh, some of the funniest, worst, best ideas. Uh, It was a think tank supported by weed. We always think of so many brilliant things down here, but then later I can't remember any of them. (laughs) They're brilliant, man! The show had a lot of really funny moments, and, and the series followed each character, Tommy Chong, uh, joined the cast in season two and was back and forth. Um, obviously, there was um, side stories about uh, Kelso and Hyde, who were two of the uh, funnier characters on the uh, show uh, for sure. But a lot of the stories revolved around Eric. Now, the character was based on one of the creator's teenage years. Eric's a big Star Wars fan, gets ripped by his friends, especially Hyde, all the time. And, of course, he had an on-again, off-again relationship with Donna. Hey, you guys, I'm not jealous. I'm just looking out for her. I mean, Donna's practically a sister to me. A tall, shapely sister. 
who I've done it with. About a million times. Ashton Kutcher, who plays Kelso on the show, um, probably went on to the biggest things uh, after this show. Although Topher Grace has been in some awesome stuff. He was in Spider-Man. So um, I, I guess it would probably be a tie between uh, Kutcher and Grace as who's gone on to the best career post that 70s show. Um, and obviously, like we've all done at one point in our cannabis experience, Eric takes a little too much and gets a little paranoid. Maybe this life doesn't even matter, you know? Maybe we're not even here. Or no, maybe I'm here, but you're not. <laughs> Hello? That 70s show was hilarious. Uh, I miss it. Uh, I'm going to go watch uh, some of the reruns now after diving back into some of these clips. And each character brought something to the table. Topher Grace as Eric Foreman was the conscience of the group, I think, out, out of the kids in their little uh, circles in the basement. Uh, Fez was the uh, uh, the funny um, immigrant, I guess, uh, character that you would uh, throw in there. Hyde was the rebel. Kelso was the dummy. Uh, then there was Jackie and Donna and uh, uh, Tommy Chong later on. And the, the, some of the parents were fun as well, uh, Kitty and Red and uh, Donna's dad and stuff like that. So there were some pretty funny characters in this show, uh, but Topher Grace as Eric Foreman was kind of the conscience. He was also the guy held, uh, left holding the bag sometimes. And for 180 episodes, Eric Foreman was a great cannabis character. What's that strain? Let's find out with Chris Ionson, Nova Cannabis store manager and educator. edition of What's That Strain? Thank you so much to Chris Sciencen, our educator. He is the manager of the Nova Cannabis White Avenue shop. Chris, thanks as always for coming out. Yeah, it's great to be here, Dean. Excited about this today. We're doing Ocean View, a sativa, and Sunset, an indica, and we're using LBS is the LP today. And that would be Leafs by Snoop and uh, some interesting history. Snoop Dogg, of course, uh, most people know him, I imagine, especially most people listening to a show like this. Uh, he started LBS in 2015 in Denver when they legalized, uh, and then he followed into Canada, uh, partnering up with Canopy Growth. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Canopy Growth picked him up there once uh, cannabis was legalized in Canada, and uh, they've been growing the LBS product in the uh, Smith, Smith Falls region in Ontario. That's where they have, uh, it was a former Hershey chocolate bar factory, correct? Yeah, that is right. The uh, The old chocolate factory there is growing some LBS. Producing uh, some jobs and some great cannabis as well. So what are we looking at when we look at Ocean View as far as the THC and CBD levels uh, that the batch that I picked up? Yeah, so the batch we got today is uh, 12% THC and uh, 0.1% CBD. Uh, so we call that uh, kind of a moderate uh, THC range there. Yeah, this is something, and and I think it's important that uh, when we talk about these, about uh, you know what something might be uh, paired well with. I do a segment on the show, you know, uh, what pairs well with cannabis, and this is a good starter kind of strain, uh, maybe a good beginner strain for somebody that has no experience or it's been quite a while since they have uh, experienced cannabis. Yeah, I think it's perfect for that. Uh, 
Yeah, if you're just getting back into cannabis or just getting into cannabis, you're not going to want to jump into a you know a 20 plus uh, percent THC cannabis strain. That's just going to cause some anxiety and going to get a little too high and overthink things, and it's not going to be a fun time. Yeah, your first time, if it is your first time or first time in a long time, should be definitely enjoyable. So I'm going to get this uh, all ready to throw in the hexagon. Why don't you tell us uh, what's in a name when it comes to things like Ocean View? Yeah, for sure. So LBS Ocean View is actually uh, a strain of uh, strawberry cough, uh, which is kind of a classic sativa. It's been around for uh, years and years. Uh, it's a very, uh, I guess, orange-tinged sativa. So so all the pistols uh, on, the, on this cannabis are bright orange. Uh, it's very colorful. And we've got full trichome coverage with uh, with the ocean view. Wow, that is like I just put that under a light there, and you could just see the orange busting off of that, can't you? Yeah, it's very bright. That's cool. Yeah, that's, I think that's something interesting to do uh, when you pick up your uh, cannabis from whatever shop that you decide to go to. Is uh, don't just grab it and smoke it and whatever. Look at it, uh, you know, as you're breaking it up, as you're getting ready to grind it, things like that. Uh, you know, take a look at the colors and the smell and things like that. And, and just don't just, uh, don't just smoke it. Enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, I make a habit to do that too, Dean. When I get new cannabis, I definitely put under a good light and I've also got a little, uh, magnifying glass too, to really get a close up of the crystals and trichomes on the cannabis. That's actually, uh, something that, uh, I think I might look into, get a good magnifying glass and be able to really dive into that. That's a good point. Uh, so uh, I like that. Um, okay. So, uh, the packaging, and, uh, this is something that we've uh, seen before. This is this, uh, tin packaging. Um, and, and I think it's a little bit unique, uh, as far as it's not a bag, it's not plastic. It's uh, something that stands out a little bit. Yeah, it is. It's uh, the same packaging as the, the canopy growth ones with the tweed and the, uh, DNA genetics. So it's that metal on the outside plastic on the inside. Uh, it is very aesthetically pleasing. Uh, a little tough to recycle, but uh, all the recreational cannabis shops in town do are doing a recycling program. Um, we've got them up at all of our Nova Cannabis stores, uh, so you can bring them back to us and we'll take care of the recycling. Uh, but yeah, they're uh, definitely uh, aesthetically pleasing. They, they make great gifts, and uh, yeah, we had a lot of good comments on them. And I'm uh, continuing my uh, ideas of recycling these at home and turning them into some other things. I'm going to turn this, this is going to be in, like... This podcasting thing is going to end up being a hobby once I get my uh, trinkets by Dean tins uh, <laughs> on the market or something like that. Uh, okay, when we talk about terpenes, and um, once again, before we do this, um, we had uh, Nora Salem in from Bud and Bloom, and we were discussing that all flowers have terpenes, and uh, cannabis is just one of the plants and uh, flowers out there that does have uh, terpenes, but can you run through what uh, a terpene is for everybody? Yeah, a terpene is uh, it's an aromatic oil that's uh, secreted from the cannabis glands. And it's going to make your cannabis uh, smell and taste a certain way. Uh, so we have uh, uh, citrusy uh, terpenes like lime, l limonene, uh, which is going to make your cannabis uh, taste and smell very li limey, citrusy. Um, there's stuff like uh, myrcene, that's a kind of a clovey, earthy uh, terpene that's gonna make your kind of a smell and taste that way but with the terpenes too there's always uh, some some effects to, to each one of them and it's everyone's different too with your biology and stuff but your your endocannabinoid system will react uh, with these terpenes and you'll feel the effects all right so what are we looking at with ocean view 
as it uh, comes to terpenes, and then we'll get into a desired effect and the taste test. For sure. Uh, the four main terpenes in Ocean View, uh, Mercy, uh, so that's the cloves and kind of earthy, earthy taste. Uh, Karyophyllene, and that's that peppery, spicy flavor. Uh, linalool, uh, which is a floral, kind of a sweet uh, taste and smell. Uh, and then pinene as well, and that's that, uh, the hints of pine in there too. Yeah, the, I've uh, had a little bit of this. Uh, that linalool, it's a, a, kind of like a lavender uh, uh, smell yeah. or taste, and uh, uh, definitely um, you, you can get that hints of uh, like a peppery spice uh, in there for sure. Um, so when we're consuming Ocean View, and uh, I'm using the uh, hexagon uh, from Burnt today, what uh, sort of desired effects are you looking at um, if you uh, would use Ocean View? Uh, for sure. It's uh, heightened energy and awareness. That's that's a big one there. It's a very uh, uplifting sativa with nice uh, cerebral head effects. Um, for me personally, uh, it's, it's my public strain. Uh, I, I feel like I can, uh, be out in public. I can, uh, go get groceries. I can talk to people who maybe aren't, uh, consuming cannabis and, and still kind of be at their level, but I still feel great. So it's, uh, I feel like that lower THC, uh, kind of makes it a nice, a nice social strain where I find that I can still be super chatty. Uh, whereas like on those higher THC strains, I get a little too ripped and I, I quiet down a, a little bit. bit quiet. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And that's why we, thought that this would be a good entry-level strain, right? A, a good strain for somebody that is, again, new to cannabis. It's going to be a very, not a knock you into the corner by yourself. It's going to almost bring a little socialization out of you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not going to, you're not going to be lock yourself in a room and light some candles and, you know, ask to be, be left alone. Yourself, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, I've been tasting this as we've, talking, as we've been talking, and I, and I mentioned there's that a uh, little bit of a, uh, peppery taste. Uh, what else uh, should people expect when they have this? Uh, obviously, I you know the, it's got a little bit of a lavender. I kind of feel and a peppery. But what else are we looking uh, at? You might uh, notice the the earthy tones uh, as well as a little sage uh, hints of sage in there. Yeah, it's um, f- it's like fruity dirt. It smells a little like a fruit, like a fruit basket, <laughs> but uh, little, that earthy dirt smell and and taste, but uh, very enjoyable though. And yeah. I and I, you know what, I am, I am really loving. Uh, is it caryophyllene that has the this the back black pepper spice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm falling in love with that terpene because I love that little kick of spice or peppery taste to it uh, in some of the strains that we've been trying. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a big fan of karyophyllene too. It's actually the uh, only terpene uh, that they found that uh, will actually bind to uh, your CB2 receptors uh, in your body. And the CB2 receptors are are all over your body. Uh, it's in your endocannabinoid system. We've got CB1 receptors in our brain and in our brain stem, and CB2 receptors in the rest of our body. And a lot of those are attached to the immune system there. So uh, karyophyllene is going to give you that uh, nice, like numbing, uh, real nice body effects when you consume cannabis with karyophyllene. No, I do like uh, consuming it with karyophyllene for sure. So that is Ocean View from LBS. That is Leafs by Snoop, and it is a sativa. I just wanted to make something to represent peace, love, and happiness. Speaking of uh, Snoop Dogg, as we are uh, doing Leafs by Snoop uh, today, uh, Ocean View and Sunset. Uh, he once said uh, the only person that was ever able to outsmoke him was. And by the way, Willie Nelson is the only person who's ever outsmoked Snoop Dogg. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that. I had to hit the timeout button. 
<laughs> Time out. Had you ever hit that button before? Never. Never hit that button? Never. Wow, that is something else. <laughs> Which is pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> I could see that. You know, Willie Nelson did not smoke cannabis for a long, long time. And the reason he started was he was getting so angry from drinking and he turned into a complete jerk. So he turned to marijuana and changed his life around and I believe once smoked it on the roof of the White House. <laughs> which is pretty okay, cool. I've never so, heard that. So uh, I, uh, you know, I would love to see, um, like, we have the cannabis character cup on the the Cannabis One Hundred One podcast, which people can vote on daily at the Cannabis One Hundred One on Twitter. Uh, but I would love to see an actual cannabis character cup, like Tommy Chong and Snoop Dogg smoke out. Like, who's left standing after Tommy Chong and Snoop Dogg sit down at a table? That's a, that's a really good idea. It kind of reminds me of like those like celebrity f- boxing matches. But that's right. Celebrity but smoke out. Yeah. That would that's a great idea. I would I would pay pay per view to see Tommy Chong and Willie Nelson go at it. No kidding. I I just I'd like to be in the audience and uh, I'd pay hundreds of dollars just to watch that. Uh, yeah. That would be fun. So maybe maybe that'll be something that gets going. So it's Leafs by Snoop. Uh, we're looking at Sunset now, which is an indica, and. Um, the interesting uh, thing about this is that there's a little bit of, uh, I guess, legal issues going on when it comes to the Toronto Maple Leafs of all teams. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, there's a, a lawsuit that's out right now. The Toronto Maple Leafs are, are suing LBS for uh, having their logos be, uh, they're too similar. Uh, it's a, it's a, a Maple Leaf with a white font <laughs> is t- too similar. Uh, if you ask me, that I think they look pretty different. Uh, I mean, I don't know that the Maple Leafs have the rights to the the Maple Leaf right. itself. Are um, they suing the Canadian flag as well? Yeah. Like, come on, just more reason uh, and more good reason to hate the Leafs as they are uh, suing LBS. Uh, but uh, some of the interesting history with some of the names on the LBS strains is kind of uh, an homage to where it comes from. Yeah, for sure. LBS has named all their strains uh, kind of to align with the California cannabis culture. So the four recreational strains that are in the in the market uh, currently are Sunset, Ocean View, Palm Tree CBD, and Moonbeam. And they're all kind of a, a throwback uh, shout out to uh, to the Cali culture there. Of course, and uh, Snoop being a big uh, California icon. Uh, THC and CBD levels. Uh, we talked about Ocean View being in the 12% area as a good starter strain. This is a level up from that in the indica form. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so the sunset we got today is a 17.2% THC and 0.07% CBD. So we would call that uh, uh, high THC right there. Uh, typically, I've seen the sunset come in at 23%. That's usually the, the norm for the sunset. Okay, so if be advised that if you are looking at trying uh, uh, something uh, from Leafs by Snoop and you don't have a lot of experience, this is not the strain for you. This is a very high THC indica that is going to, uh, if you don't have a lot of experience, or even if you do, I, I saw some reviews about this where it's knocked some people down uh, pretty hard. So this is kind of a for a the definitely for the experienced cannabis user. Um, as far as the name and the uh, lineage, um, this uh, has a relation to Sour Kush. Yeah, uh, Sunset is uh, a phenotype of Sour Kush. Uh, I was told, though, that it's uh, a little bit different than, like, DNA genetics Sour Kush and how it's grown. So uh, 
We've actually, uh, one of the reps there at, uh, has told me they call it uh, Snoop Kush. So uh, it's kind of a, a take on Sour Kush, though, with just a slightly different uh, circumstances on where, where it's grown and the lighting versus the DNA genetics Sour Kush. And, and that's interesting. You know, phenotype, when we talk about that, is uh, very similar, but there are some differences. And uh, this is uh, somewhat similar to Sour Kush, but it stands on its own as sunset, uh, there is a difference. There would be a noticeable difference for uh, cannabis users or especially experienced cannabis users. Yeah, yeah, you nailed it there, Dean. Okay, so the tin packaging we talked about uh, from uh, the Canopy Growth, again, uh, you can recycle these at uh, pretty much every uh, cannabis store here in Edmonton anyway. So if you are, you know, could recycle it at home if you want to. Uh, Don't steal my ideas, please. Uh, Or you could take it into a a cannabis store and get that done. Uh, Terpenes, uh, uh, fastly becoming my favorite part of this segment where I can really learn about why I am tasting this or that or smelling this or that. So what are we looking at uh, as far as terpenes in Sunset? Yeah, the, the three main ones are uh, beta karyophylline. So that's the peppery, spicy uh, yes. kick to it. And that's also that terpene that binds with your CB2 receptors, like we talked about with Ocean View. Uh, ylangine. This is kind of a, a, a new one. It's a, it's a rare terpene. I actually haven't seen it in too, too many strains. I tried you know, doing a little bit more research on it uh, and found that uh, in the rec market, uh, ylangine is actually, uh, it's a terpene that's only found in, in Sour Kush by DNA Genetics and Sunset uh, by LBS. So uh, Sour Kush and ylangine are kind of hand in hand there, uh, as well as myrcene, and that's the, the clovey, uh, clovey flavor and taste there. And it's also that couch lock as well. Uh, okay, so, and that's what we're looking at with desired effect. Uh, this is not something uh, you want to throw in your bong if you have a busy day planned, uh, because <laughs> no. you're not going to get to a lot of stuff if that happens. <laughs> no, not at all. Do not start your day off with some sunset. <laughs> yeah, that's why it's sunset. The sun is setting. <laughs> Use it then, uh, because this is a very, very chill yeah. kind of uh, product that you will be experiencing. Yeah, absolutely. It's a it's a super chill uh, strain of canvas. Very relaxing high uh, with excellent, excellent body effects. Um, I usually like to consume my sunset uh, usually around 10 p.m. and on in my day and later. Uh, any time earlier than that, and I'm going to be taking a nap uh, right before bed. So it's not the best scenario. Good wind down strain, uh, particularly uh, Sunday night. You, uh, you know, you had a big weekend, busy weekend. And you got to, you know, get up and go in the morning for your uh, week of work. Uh, nice Sunday night uh, sunset strain while you watch the sunset. So uh, the names do come uh, true. Okay, so the taste test, uh, and I have been doing it. And, and again, I love the uh, peppery taste with uh, uh, uh What else can somebody expect when they are giving sunset a whirl? Uh, it's peppery and, and mainly like earthy. Uh, you're going to notice kind of like... A lot of like earthy tones to the to the taste of this cannabis, uh, as well as like light touches of clove in there. And it smells a little skunky too. Yeah, yeah, it is a skunky smell. But that's a good taste. That's a really uh, solid, and uh, I look forward to a good night's sleep uh, kind of strain. Yeah, perfect. I, I dig that. Okay, so that is Ocean View and Sunset. Uh, Ocean View is Sativa, Sunset the Indica. It is from LBS, 
Leafs by Snoop. And uh, as we always say, if you are looking uh, for this, uh, be sure to uh, check ahead either online or uh, give the store a call to make sure it is because the product does fluctuate from time to time. But people can certainly find out ahead of time if you have it in and they can come by and pick it up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've got uh, our product availability on our website, uh, novacannabisstore.com. It's right there on the homepage, and it lists what our eight Alberta locations have in stock. Uh, it's updated daily. Wonderful. Thanks very much, as always, Chris. We'll see you next week. Thanks for having me, Dean. Time now for... Tools of the Trade. Is, Is this, this a dream? dream? The latest and greatest in cannabis accessories. On Tools of the Trade, we are talking about screens, uh, filters, if you will. Uh, you can, you can, you know, for filters of joints, we used to just rip a business card or your rolling papers uh, cardboard that it came in, and we would use that. Uh, places like Shellshock do a really good job, and, and I think there's some other places that do this as well. The, the perforated paper that you can just rip off and roll into a uh, filter, and then now there's some cones. Uh, I have the Banana Bros set up of, uh, of joint roller, Miller and Roller, and they have these long, long filters. So filters have come a long way, and so have screens as well. Of course, there's the mesh ones, uh, the metal mesh ones or whatever. Um, we used to steal them from, like, sinks. That's, that's where we would get our screens from, but now you can buy them at head shops. They work okay. I use one for my Silver Surfer desktop vape. And it doesn't prevent all the flour from getting through, especially when you have to adjust it or clean it or poke it and stuff, you know, so it's, it's okay. It gets really gross after a while. If anybody else uses a silver surfer, silver surfer desktop, desktop vape. Wow. New day with my uh, new mouth. And uh, if anybody uses one of those, I would love to hear from you what you do as a screen. It's got the long, the whip and uh, the, the glass holder. So, uh, listen, I, maybe uh, not, no screen is going to be perfect, although I, I did find one that was really, 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 really well. So the mesh metal screens are okay, and they come in a lot of different sizes. There's also the glass screens that look like the jacks from the kids' game, a uh, little uh, three, uh, tri-pronged glass, and there are glass flower screens as well. And those are okay. Um, the... The glass one, the I prefer between the flower and the jack looking uh, screen. I prefer the jack one with the prongs because it actually can poke right into uh, the hole of your pipe or your bong if you have that. Uh, what I don't like about them is that when you're cleaning your pipe out, they fall out and you lose them a lot. So that's one that I don't like. That's why I uh, stumbled onto something called Smojos and. For experienced cannabis users, you may know this already, and this is old hat, but I'm always learning new stuff about cannabis, so this is why I love this show. But Smojos are these small metal, I guess, expandable screens. So uh, you poke it through the hole, and then the kind of the bottom legs expand a little bit, if that makes sense. Uh, just uh, check it out, S-M-O-J-O-S on uh, line somewhere. And then they don't fall out when you tip your pipe or bong uh, bowl over to clean it out. They stick in there. And if you ever want to take it out and do a really good cleaning, it's e it's easy to do. 
and nothing gets, like next to nothing gets through these things. So I found these and I have not bought screens in a long time. And I used to go through them quite a bit because they would get gunky and I would try to clean them, but they wouldn't get all, 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 all the way clean. So I went with this Smojo's and they're not very expensive at all. I can't remember how much they were at the, uh, I, I bought them at uh, one of the shell shocks in town. And they also carry them at uh, some of the different retailers. I think Nova carries them and maybe Fire and Flower as well. But they last forever. And they're also, I bought a couple for different uh, things and I haven't taken them out other than to clean them. I hadn't had to replace them. Hardly anything gets through. It's perfect. So I would check out Smojo's. And the the, the best thing is though, when something you comes you have comes with a built-in screen or doesn't need one. Uh, I have the Hexagon Bong from Burnt and it has a glass screen built in to the bowl has the holes uh, that you can uh, clean easily. And so that's perfect because you, then you don't have to ever worry about a screen. And I also have the uh, Wolf Grinder. It's like a six-in-one grinder and the little pipe has a little glass bowl in it, but it doesn't have a screen. It's just a hole and it's so tiny that very rarely have I had any leaf come through. So that's actually the best option in my opinion when you actually have it already built in or don't need one. If you do need to go a screen, uh, the best I've found are the Smojos, or maybe there's others like them out there. And if you have a recommendation uh, for me, or uh, you you know something that works really well as uh, also, uh, hit me up with an email, cannabis101podcast at gmail.com, or just on Twitter, at the cannabis 101 and uh, let me know what you use or what works for you. Always looking for new products and new ways to do things. Bud, dope, flower, ganja, Mary Jane. We all have our own language when it comes to cannabis. Herb, John Lennon, plant, tie stick, salad. So let's explore another weed word of the day. Samuel L. Jackson, the Hobbit's Leaf, Lady Gaga, 420. So today we're going with terms that are uh, used for getting high. Uh, and obviously um, the the biggest slang word, whatever out there in cannabis culture is stoned. When you are stoned, uh, in, in hockey it means you stoned the guy, he made a great save. Uh, in uh, cannabis talk it means that you are high. And of course the word stoner and Things like that come from that. But uh, terms that I looked at are uh, baked. Um, the term baked. And th- this is from a website that I found it on. I'm not sure how much I believe in this, but it says, quote, the term most likely comes from weed being associated with increased paranoia, which could easily lead to one to the morbid thought of being baked in an oven. I don't know about you, I have never once uh, thought of being baked in an oven when I have been high, and nor has anybody I've ever been around had a morbid fear of being baked in an oven. So I don't know where that comes from. I don't know. Bake sale, though, means a smoke session where you get baked. Um, there was, uh, you know, safety meetings. I remember the the camera guys at Global Television would always have these Friday afternoon safety meetings, and... I don't think they were getting high. I'm pretty sure they were just going to the pub out the back door uh, where we worked and uh, 
had a few beers at that pub. But uh, safety meeting is another one we've talked about in the past. Blazed is a word. Uh, it could also, uh, for, for getting high, uh, could also be used as a verb, as in let's get blazed or let's blaze. Uh, blitzed. Uh, I've heard this one more with alcohol consumption, um, but uh, just another uh, slang word for getting high. This one I haven't heard. Bouldered. To get really, really stoned, as in massively stoned, and uh, only use this to describe an extreme excess of highness, um, which you know is sometimes fun to get into as long as the uh, uh, the situation is right for you and you're an experienced cannabis user. Uh, but a lot of inexperienced cannabis users get bouldered uh, the first couple of times they try it because they do not know what is right and they overdo it. Uh, start low and go slow is the term that a lot of people in the cannabis legalization industry for, for recreation have been using, and it is pretty good. Clam baking or hot boxing. Uh, I've never heard the term clam baking for this. I know what hot boxing is because... Uh, we used to do this uh, as uh, in our younger years. This is where you're smoking in a small space with multiple people. And uh, a lot of people did it in cars. Uh, you know, there's a pretty famous uh, scene in Up in Smoke where they're hotboxing Cheech and Chong as they drive down. I would not recommend doing that as you're driving. Uh, but if you get into a closet or a small bathroom uh, with a bunch of people, and uh, you can hotbox and everybody absorbs it and the, the room folds up and... Uh, I don't know how much it happens anymore, but we used to do it as uh, kids. Not kids, but younger years. And finally, couch locked. And uh, you might hear this sometimes when we do What's That Strain with Chris Ianson. Uh, but this is what it sounds like. You are glued to the couch, most likely due to uh, some kind of strong indica that kind of just uh, knocks you out. I've had a few people get couch locked from uh, edibles. Um, maybe edibles that, uh, were made by somebody else at home and, uh, they can, a, a strong indica can give you a, a severe case of couch lock, which is okay. You throw something on TV that you enjoy that makes you happy and, uh, ride the wave. And that's going to wrap things up for us on this episode seven of the cannabis 101 podcast. Really appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, would love if you, uh, left a review for us and then we can find out what we're doing right and what we can improve on. So Chris, uh, Brad Ward was our uh, guest today. He is the organizer of Meat and Green, July 16th at the Pint in downtown Edmonton. Uh, you can go to meatandgreen.org for all the information and get tickets on Eventbrite. Chris Ionson is our educator. He was here for What's That Strain? We did LBS, which is known as Leafs by Snoop, Sunset and Ocean View. And David Wiley from OkanaganZ.com slash OZ joins us for this week in Cannabis News. Uh, don't forget about the Cannabis Character Cup. It is ongoing. You can check out all the details at the cannabis or at www.cannabis101podcast.ca. You can click on contests and that will take you to the page where the Cannabis Character Cup is. You can view the draw. You can enter our contest for who you think will win it all just by emailing us at Cannabis101Podcast at gmail.com. And once again, congratulations to at Clara Lee's dad. 
you have won a prism pipe from Burnt Designs, either red, white, or black of your choosing. So congratulations. Thanks for listening. Thanks for following us on social media. And a big thanks to Burnt Designs for providing us the prism to give away. That'll wrap things up for us on episode seven. Have yourself a great week and a wonderful weekend. We'll see you next week. And remember, it's not just about getting high. It's about getting healthy. This is the Cannabis 101 Podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Thank you.